Disclaimer, I do not own the Street Fighter series, nor do I own the characters. These are owned by Capcom and the people who made them. So, please support the official releases and Capcom in their endeavors. Now please, enjoy your listen. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Fighting Game Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Perez, and today we're going to be taking a look at Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior, and Champion Edition, and Hyper Fighting, and New Challengers, and Turbo, and Ultra Street Fighter 2, The Final Challengers. Yeah, we're going to be covering a lot of these today. And, uh, again, I just want to really say sorry that, uh, this video didn't come out a lot sooner, and kind of missed its due date. I'm sorry, I kind of got busy doing, um, work and, uh, school, so... I kind of had to put those two things before this. So I'm here now, I'm going to try and get this released as soon as possible. I'm sorry for the delay, and without further ado, let's begin this episode of Street Fighter 2. Okay, so let's move on to development history of this game. Uh, so this game was published and developed by Capcom. The producer of this game is um, Yoshishiki uh, Okamoto. Uh, the designers were Akira Nishitani and Akira Yashido. Programmers being Shunichi Yuyama, she- Seiji Okaido, uh, Oshihiro Matsui, and Motohido Eshira. And uh, this game came out February 6, 1991. And uh, there's not a lot of development history of this game. Uh, the only thing that's really kind of sad is basically... Uh, since Final Fight was such a big hit here, they decided to make another game that was similar like it. And uh, Yoshishiki Okamoto, the producer, was basically like, hey, why don't we push for another Street Fighter sequel? And so they decided to do that. And that's just kind of as far as development went for it. And then they uh, went to go make it. But there were some design changes and some design bugs that they decided to keep for later on. So the most notable one being that uh, they changed the two-button layout from the first game, which is good on them. Uh, as interesting as the first game was with it, it didn't really, it doesn't, really, it doesn't really work, which is the unfortunate thing. So they decided to change it for six buttons, which feels a lot, lot better. Um, the combo system in this game was just basically um, accidents, a little happy bug, um, because apparently um, Noritaki. F- Funumus, sorry if I mispronounce your name, uh, same thing with the producers and everything, sorry if I mispronounce your names, not Foon in Japanese, um, basically said, uh, you can link certain moves together, and it would weirdly keep you in it, and that's basically how the combo system was made from a little bug, so um, they decided to keep it around for future installments, and that's just kind of how we get combos nowadays. And also the name incident with uh, Balrog, or uh, Bison in Japan. Uh, Same thing with Vega and Bison. Bison being Vega, and Vega being Balrog, and Balrog being Bison. Um, That whole naming situation, because um, back then it was because of Mike Tyson, and then just uh, Balrog being Bison, so they had to, like, when they had to come here, they had to switch the names around of the few characters. Uh, because of, this is back in his heyday, so. Yeah, so they kind of changed the names all of that. So it's kind of funny, like, the time and era where it was. So it's nice to see it. Um, 
yeah, that's mainly it about development-wise. So anyway, uh, let's move on to gameplay. Okay, so the gameplay won't really take too long because mainly, if you look on it nowadays, this gameplay is pretty bare bones. But um, I'll do the best I can to make it interesting. So of course, you got the six buttons, light, medium, and heavies for both punches and kickers. Which, um, oh yeah, this definitely helped back in the day. And playing it nowadays, oh yeah, it definitely helps a lot. Um, this was also when special moves were kind of a thing. Of course, you had quarter circle forward and back and use emotions. But then they decided to do something new for easy, for basically to ease in players. Uh, they decided to do charge motions, uh, which is basically, like I said, hold back a few seconds and then slingshot forward or down and then slingshot back up. So, um, yeah. So I didn't know this until a friend basically said, apparently it was to make it easier for new beginners instead of doing input commands. But, uh, yeah, even waiting a few minutes, it kind of sucks because you can't do it as consistently unless you do like a really certain type of motion, which is really hard to do and really hard to master. So it kind of backfired in their face. Um, there's also such a thing as uh, double KOs to where you can both knock each other out at the same time, which is really, really cool. And back in the day, it was amazing to see. Um, and then there is also dizzy slash stun. Basically, if you take too many hits, um, you would see stars or just get dizzy. Uh, now, this mechanic, especially in this game, kind of sucks. Mainly for one reason is because, like, even depending on how many hits you take... Uh, I feel like you get dizzied a lot more than you should because I mean, it can only be a couple hits or like a lot of hits and then just like, oh, sorry, I took two hits, but now I'm dizzy. Oh, oh that's unfortunate. I just died because of it. So yeah, um, yeah, that's mainly it for gameplay mode. Uh, for um, modes, again, this is like an old arcade game. Uh, all I really had is versus mode and uh, arcade mode. And... Um, yeah, that's mainly about it. Also, one thing to mention is that uh, when both of you guys, or one of you gets a lower health, the music starts to go faster and faster and faster in tempo, which is really, really cool. But aside from everything, yeah, this gameplay is really, really bare bones. Uh, it is still fun to play, don't get me wrong, but um, there are definitely other fighting games with more depth. Like I said, this is definitely good for beginners. It, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Good for beginners, hard for hard for masters, or just hard to master. Sorry, but um, yeah, that's mainly how the cookie crumbles and uh, the gameplay. Very simple, uh, but it gets very addicting when you get good at it and start playing it a lot, lot more. But um, anyway, uh, let's move on to music. All right, so let's talk about the music. The music was made by Yoko Shimamura. Uh, who didn't finish the songs. She did most of them uh, before she had to leave the company. And um, Isel Ah basically took over uh, to finish the remaining tracks that were left over. And uh, what can I really say about these tracks? Oh, boy. Bonafide classics. Capcom poured their all into this. Especially Yoko Shimamura and Isel Ah. They did their best with this soundtrack. They did their absolute best, and oh boy, does it show. Now, I don't use the word classic a lot for music, but um, these songs right here, 
Oh boy, these are the best songs that Capcom has ever made. There's a reason why they didn't really change these because of how good they are. Every single original character here still kept their themes, unless they wanted to do something different. But they still kept their themes, just remixed differently. And oh boy, no wonder why they kept these. These are absolute go listen to sit down. So much nostalgia is here with these songs. And if you never listen to the soundtrack, you really do. They pour their heart and soul into this game with music. And it is really, really good. Uh, some of my favorite tracks are Ken's, Balrog's, Guile's, Blanca's, Chun-Li's, and Vega's. And then the uh, stage selection screen, oh my gosh. There is, that is such a good song. It is so good. A lot of the songs here are really, really great. I recommend you sit down and listen to them all. It is super, super good. The music, from me, is a definite sit down and listen to it. You will not be disappointed. But anyway, let's move on to the looks. So the artist for this game was Eri Nokumura and Satoru Yamashita. And just as the music, these character designs and the way the game looks is really, really great. The game looks absolutely amazing, and it's very stylized and very Capcom-y. Sorry, <laughs> again, but um, that's just kind of how it looks to me. Like, it is very Capcom, very arcade-y, too. Uh, the sprites look great. The stages really look awesome. And then the character designs themselves look really, really great. Especially the character select screen. Oh my gosh, it is really, really great. So, um, the artists definitely deserve a pack on their back because these characters and overall the graphics of the game and how the game looks is super pleasing. And even uh, nowadays standards, this game war still warrants praise and it still looks really, really good. Uh, so, um, the looks from this game, from me, get a pass and have aged beautifully. So, let's move on to the most important thing that we left, which is the characters. Okay, so I'm pretty sure everyone at this point knows these characters because these are the original World Warriors, if we're not including Street Fighter 1. But um, anyway, let's talk about these characters because um, these characters are also bona fide classics and what makes Street Fighter Street Fighter. But anyway, let's see. So for returning characters from Street Fighter 1, we still have Ryu, Ken, and Sagat, which Sagat in this game basically became a boss character along with three others. But um, the new arrivals for this game and newly designed characters are E. Honda, Blanca, Guile, Chun-Li, Zangief, and Dalsum, which I've all talked about on my previous podcast episodes, explaining what their personality is and everything. Um, so even though I talked about them there... Um, uh, game plan wise, or not game plan wise, but um, story wise, not story wise too. Sorry, getting words jumbled. But um, basically, first appearance wise, this is where all of the characters came from, and uh, this was their first appearance and basically their first debut. And uh, they were all received really, really great. And uh, the boss characters, which were non-playable, are uh, Balrog, Vega, Sagat, and Bison. Uh, these were the four boss characters. But yeah, every single character here is very memorable. Design-wise, they all look great. Personality-wise, they all are really great. 
and they all do what they need to do, which, um, oh boy. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, they're bona fide classics. Every character in this game is a bona fide classic. But, um, yeah, that's basically it for characters. And I would move on to the end and basically call it a short episode. But, uh, there's still a couple more things to talk about. So I'll see you in the next segment. <sighs> okay. So this should be the end of your listen, right? Good game. Bonafide classic. Everything about this game was good, right? Well, everyone thought so too. So good, in fact, that Capcom decided to re-release this game. Five times throughout the decades. And this is what this segment's about. All the other versions of Street Fighter 2. And the first one of these was Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. Coming out in April 1992, basically improving the pace of the game, bugs, sprites, and artwork, and improving everything all around. But the big thing that this one added was basically making all the boss characters playable. Yep, Balrog, Vega, Sagat, and Bison were all playable. And then later on during this year, Street Fighter II Hyperfighting came out during December 1992. New special moves for characters and a faster pace. That's all that game really did. And then this is when Super Street Fighter II, the new challengers, came. Changing Capcom System from CP System Gamma CPS 1 to CP System 2 Gamma CPS 2. Basically, this was the first game that they made their system on. Or the arcade system. Anyway, this game came out October 1993. Again, making small improvements between the characters. But it also brought four new stages and four new characters along with them. Uh, and these characters being T-Hawk, Fei Long, DJ, and Kami. And of course, I did listen to their music, and I have to say... Uh, I probably have to put T-Hawks as my favorite, Kami's as second, DJ's as third, and Fei Long's as my least favorite. But overall, new graphics, character balances, and better sprites is what it basically added. And uh, one of the last ones that came out during this time, and everyone's favorite, being Street Fighter II. Which came out during March 1994, and basically came out with one more character... Being a hidden character, being Akuma, making his first day appearance in the games. And this game also added new moves for characters, better pacing overround, and a super combo. Or in other words, a super meter. So if you do enough hits, or if you take enough hits, you basically get to do one of your supers. The bad thing is I can barely use this, and it wouldn't be so much of a problem if I didn't, but you usually die before you get to use it, which kind of sucks. But that's kind of how the cookie crumbles, and uh, yeah, it looks really great. Also, the new OP for these two, uh, for Street Fighter 2 Turbo and uh, Final Challengers, or New Challengers, um, they made a new opening for this, and uh, oh boy! That looks really, really great. Uh, basically, what they kept doing with these sequels is basically um, improving on perfection. Just getting down the formula more and more and more. And, uh, yeah, we never really got a Street Fighter 3 until really, really later on in the years. But um, still, refining the formula and basically making what Street Fighter is now, uh, really, really good. But, um, 
There's still one more game to talk about that I have to talk about in its own separate segment, too. So, um, I'll meet you there next. Okay. So there's still one more segment before this episode ends. And this is almost like a full review. But I have to put it in here. Because this was a sequel. And the final sequel to Street Fighter 2. Being Ultra Street Fighter 2. The final challengers. And the sixth entry in this game. So. Let's move on. Through everything. Like a regular. I guess review. So, uh, the the publishers and developers of this game being Capcom, the director was uh, Toshiyuki Yamamoto, uh, the producer being Yoshino Ono. Uh, This came out uh, May 26, 2017, and exclusively for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, And this was during the new 30th anniversary celebration, which is why we also got the 30th anniversary collection for Street Fighter. And basically, uh, working with um, Udon Entertainment for the new art style, they decided, hey, why don't we do a sixth entry to Street Fighter 2? And this was almost a brand new team working on it for uh, an established series. So that's how that mainly went. And so new team with few with few of the old staff working on the sixth uh, Street Fighter 2. What could go wrong? Uh, moving on to gameplay, as I said before, six buttons, light, medium, and heavy for both punches and kicks. Uh, the combo timing got changed along with uh, grapple breaks. Uh, there's also new modes of this game, versus, online, and offline. A buddy battle, which um, two characters on the screen or basically uh, tag out when your character dies, you get to switch in. And then Way of the Hotto, which is like a first-person uh, style where he plays Ryu, taking out um, uh, Shadowloo guards. And uh, this specifically used the Joy-Cons for it, which is a neat idea and is still pretty cool, but kind of odd. And then there's also training. And that's basically it for the gameplay. Uh, the music uh, was made by Satoshi Hiro, uh, Makare Sushiki, and Ryo Yutomura. Uh, they're good, but, uh, the originals are a little better. Still worth a listen, but, um, these remixes aren't really good. They're okay at best. Um, as for looks, uh, it looks nice. Uh, it looks nice and colorful. Characters look really good. Uh, the backgrounds look really good. And, yeah, and, uh, we have to thank for this being, uh, Miyawaki Irasawa, I'm Miki Kitayama and Yatoshi and Yatoshi Takahashi. I uh, did a really great job working on the sprites and uh, all the regular stages, uh, giving it that nice HD look. It looks really, really great, and they did a great job. And then characters, everyone is here, and they added two more, being Evil Ryu and uh, Violent Ken. And yeah. There we go. Just kind of sped ran that game really quick. But, um, yeah. Still two more to go. So, uh, anyway, let's move on to story. Okay, so the story for this is going to be quite brief, mainly because 
No one really knows what happened, aside from a few key details, and also, this is when fighting games were just fighting games, you didn't play them for the story, you just played them to beat the game and get a little arcade ending, uh, which will be our next segment really quick, but uh, basically what happened in the story is basically um, Bison gathers warriors, uh, being Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, Blanca, etc., getting them all together, uh, seeing which one's the strongest, and basically going to mind control them to draw out the strongest warriors. But uh, he also draws out Akuma, uh, which he wanted to, but it backfired on him because Akuma just basically killed him and fights whoever made it to that point. But yeah, that's all that really happens in the story. And uh, there really is, like, they all went here, but not confirmed how like there's no play-by-play or details this is just the bare bones of what happened and um yeah at this point it's all just a speculation but uh that's mainly it for the story but um let's move on to one of our final segments arcade endings okay so there's a lot of arcade endings to cover so i'll give you the brief um consumption of what happened so in ryu's ending he basically continues to fight the dark uh ken gets married to his girlfriend eliza e honda basically teaches a class about sumo or just basically has his own little class teaching people sumo uh blanca reunites with his mom uh guile goes back to his family uh chun li uh which is cool because i never played chun li and i recently found out apparently she has two arcade endings Basically being where she quits fighting or she still continues her detective work. Uh, Zangief river dances. I wish I was making that up, but no, he just river dances. Uh, Dalsum goes back to his family. Uh, Balrog becomes rich and then he immediately loses it. Uh, Vega gets back in the fighting. Sagat clears his mind of revenge and hate for Ryu. Uh, Bison... Bison basically just wins. Uh, T-Hawk frees his people. Uh, Cammy tries to stop Bison. Fei Long uh, makes a movie about the whole tournament. Uh, DJ basically becomes a singer. Akuma tries to master the Satsui no Hado. Evil Ryu tries to find Akuma. And Violent Gen is just basically what happens when Bison mind-controlled um, Ken. And yeah... Uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2 basically, um, enhanced all these arcade endings, same thing with every single other title, uh, basically enhancing, um, all of their endings, and just improving little by little, but, um, yeah, all these endings are super basic, and I'm not sure if really any of these are canon canon? Uh, There's only, like, a couple of them that I think are canon, uh, Ken's, um... It's really it, I guess. Ken and Reuse, uh, Sagat, uh, Balrog, and uh, Vega. I guess those are. Uh, sorry if I'm kind of laughing on this a little bit because, like, it's really hard to figure out which one, which stories are canon and which ones matter. But um, anyway, that's just kind of like my little headcanon of what I think happens. But um, yeah, it's mainly about it. So um, anyway, let's move on to the end. Well, that's the end of the Street Fighter 2 episode. So what do I think of it? 
Well, I think it's a good game. All of them. They're all really good games. Uh, I don't sit down and play these on a regular basis. For me, I like to just go back to them and play them and just kind of relive the good old days of childhood. Uh, it feels nice playing these games. And overall, these games are just really bona fide classics and still get high praise from a lot of from a lot of people who like fighting games and who don't like fighting games because this game set the standard for everything for fighting games nowadays. But um anyway, that's mainly it for our Street Fighter 2 episode. Uh thank you guys for listening to this. Uh you can follow me on Instagram uh under uh, fighting game history with Raiden. Um but yeah, that's mainly it for this episode. Oh, and uh, after you listen to this, um, I am going to be doing a poll, or not a poll, but a questionnaire, um, basically asking what fighting games do you guys want me to cover, or what marathon do you want me to do next? Uh, it could be a single series or a specific game. Uh, for those who listen on Spotify in particular, can answer this question and I'm going to be doing this for um, episodes further on uh, basically asking you guys questions and I can now do polls and um, see uh, when I do do a poll for like if games are neck and neck I'll do a poll to see which one I'll do first but anyway I'm just gonna uh, feel out the water and ask you guys what fighting games after the Street Fighter Marathon um do you guys want me to do now but anyway uh thank you guys for listening i hope i can't wait to see your answers in uh the poll and anyway sorry that this was also delayed for a minute i tried to get on it as fast as possible sorry for the delay but anyway thank you guys for listening and i hope you answer those questions and as always the match is in your hands